everyone and welcome to what's your jersey podcast i'm your host jacqueline marfuji and what up guys how you doing ah that was a terrible joey tribbiani impression um anyway i hope you guys are having a great day so far or night or whatever time of whatever it is that you're listening to this um i want to thank you for tuning in meatballs If it's your first time tuning in, I like to call my listeners meatballs, so welcome. You're a meatball now. That's it. Uh, God, it feels good to be back in West Hollywood, people. I was in New Jersey, which uh, it felt like it was for an an eternity, according to everyone else. Um, I probably could have stayed a lot longer, not going to lie. cried like a little baby on the way to the airport coming back out here. I don't know about you listening, but when you go home or you go to a place that you love and... You know, you miss it before you even leave. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean you should move there? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I had a great time. If you guys want to go back, you can listen to the Parkway podcast. That was the last podcast released. And we talked all things Jersey. Um, More Jersey Shore than Jersey. Uh, Which, by the way, I've really been getting into the latest season of the Jersey Shore. Uh, Well, actually, where they filmed... Uh, where the situation lives is where we were vacationing for a little bit on the trip. So it feels like a little slice of home. Uh, but yeah, check it out. It was heartbreaking watching actually the cast members find out his sentencing and everything. I was shocked about how emotional it was. I don't know. Guys, write in. Let me know how you feel about it. Uh, I can start doing Jersey Shore rec- recaps if you if you want. Um, yeah, write in at what's your Jersey podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out on social media at Jacqueline Marfuji on all the fronts. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's it's been a real busy July. I didn't realize how many friends I have, friends, family members, all the above who were born in July, right? All the cancer, shout out to all of you. Happy freaking birthday. I feel like that's all I've been doing since I've uh, gotten back. Just birthday shows and teaching some plyo jam. Uh, it was really fun this weekend. Uh, we went to Carrie Martin's bowling birthday party. Uh, she's a past guest. She has a podcast called White Wine True Crime with um, Caitlin Cutt. You should check it out if you haven't checked out their episodes. I think we did it a two-parter because it was so fun uh yeah she got everyone together and other other cancers uh, gabby contu had a birthday rachel Bryan was there she had a birthday last week i think um yeah and it was great there was at one point one really creepy dude who was kind of trying to get into it with us uh which you know it's always exciting when a creepy dude just strolls in off of hollywood boulevard and just gets real tough with a group of girls but we were lucky we had the um really super sweet Tara Newell with us and she doesn't give any fucks so she she kind of scared the scared the guy away um anyway maybe I I should have her on the podcast and we will talk about that um but yeah bowling birthdays are great if you're looking for a birthday idea because a you can be competitive with your drinking just kidding um with the bowling and everyone has like couches to lounge on and it's just it's really fun uh so i recommend that and shout out happy birthday bombshell that's my mom 
July 18th. Um, so yeah, I've just been busy with birthdays and a word of advice. Um, I feel like sometimes we get like overloaded with plans. It's 2019. I feel like I'm getting a freaking Facebook invite for things every minute of the day. I'm not, I'm not complaining. I think it's great. I I love that people love to reach out, but it can get overwhelming. And sometimes, you know, you're feeling fat or you're like, I have nothing to wear or I have a million things to do. I can't go. I can't spend time partying all day. I don't know. We can make up a million excuses in our heads. I know I do. But kind of what I learned this weekend and since I've gotten back is just go, just go, even if it's for a little bit, you know, I had a family birthday on Sunday. It was my adorable little niece, Ava, cousin, niece. Um, It was her one-year-old birthday, and I'd been out the night before, and I'd just been nonstop since I got back with shows and other birthdays, and I was exhausted and really had to push myself to make it. And I was so happy because I got to see family and catch up and, you know, just show up. You can always leave early, you know, the high, the hug. That's all, that's all that you really need to do. Um, and if you can make it to singing happy birthday, oh, you're, you're a goddamn angel. Um, yeah, so just do it. Just show up. And maybe that applies to a lot of other aspects in life where you just got to push through. I had a show Sunday night and I was exhausted, did not want to go, but it ended up going well. I saw an old friend at the show. So again, if you take anything away from this podcast, it's just push yourself to show up because you never know what connection you can make, who you can meet, or a funny story might come out of it. You never know. Um, Before we get to my fabulous, really funny smoking hot guest, which guys, I definitely asked her what she does to keep her body on point. And she tells us all about that. Um, I just want to go over some shows that I have coming up. Uh, Tonight, I think this is when the podcast is coming out. I will be at the Dime in Hollywood. It's an awesome kind of dive bar, but Adam Hunter runs a show. Adam Hunter has the Daddy Issues podcast with Nick Paris and Dean McDermott. They've had amazing guests. They had Perez Hilton, who's been on our show, uh, Tori Spelling. I think Scott Bayo's on this week, but Nikki Paris has also been a past guest on West Sierra Jersey. His episode's really awesome. Um, so yeah, it's Adam Hunter's show, 8 p.m. at the Dime. That's July 23rd. And then I'm at the Comedy Store on July 26th. That's a Friday, 10 p.m. show. I freaking love the Comedy Store and the lineup is so, so hilarious. Then Saturday, Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood, 10 p.m. I think there's a drag show either before or after also. So you know it's going to be just like insanity and really fun. Then August 3rd, Mystic Journey Yoga, 7, 7 p.m., that's in Venice. Uh, the show is going to be very cool. I definitely recommend going to that. And then August 28th, I'm at the Dojo. It's the Eskimo Sister Show, which Carlisle and I talk about because it's her show, 8.30 p.m., so you should come. I know that's a lot, especially if you're driving or cleaning, which is the two times I usually listen to the podcasts. So I will put all of that on social media. So again, always just look on there. Uh, also... I've been getting a lot of Cameo requests, so just a reminder, I'm on Cameo. You can reach out. I love hearing from you. And let's see. I think that's it. I Man, I am exhausted just from saying all of that. So I, I think it's time to just get to Carlisle. Uh, if you love hearing stories about the early 2000s, I know The Hills has just come out. I've been watching. I'm 
a little underwhelmed. I feel like they're just really doing a bad job at acting, but like I can't stop watching it either. Also, the Big Little Lies finale. I'm sorry, I can't not not mention it. I feel like everything was just wrapped up in a pretty little bow. I really want to know how you guys felt about it. I love watching these strong, powerful, gorgeous, such just they're so talented. All these actresses on screen and I'll pretty much watch them do anything. But I was just a little underwhelmed. I wanted a little more. It was cool to just watch them all actually spoiler alert you probably should have seen it by now walk into the courthouse at the end but I wanted to know what happened I don't know I know there's a whole controversy with different directors and stuff and the whole season was choppy but um if Laura Dern doesn't win all the awards also Nicole Kimmon holy shit breathtaking and Meryl Streep you love to hate her um so I think she did her job well Anyway, uh, Carlisle and I, we talk about our early days at Ledoux and being in Hollywood and clubbing and being a bottle server, but then having to become sober during that time and what it's like to work at a job where you're dealing with alcohol and partying and you're trying not to do that. Um, We talk about, she's from Missouri and I think she's the only guest that we've had on from Missouri. So we talk about her small town upbringing and background and moving out here and comedy and Getting her start in radio. She's on uh, the Sirius XM show with Nikki Glaser. You up. And um, then we talk fitness and we talk all things keeping that summer bod in check. Um, So, yeah, definitely enjoy it. Listen. Please, please, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. Only positive, nice reviews, people. Please, come on. Let's be, let's be cool. Don't be all uncool. yeah, and uh, share with your friends. I find that's the best way to find out about a podcast. So do that. And without further ado, uh, the wonderful Carlisle Forrester. All right, meatballs. I have such a tasty treat for you today on the podcast. Um, I think she probably has the coolest slash sexiest voice of anyone that I've ever had on What's Your Jersey in over 100 episodes. So you are in for a treat. I feel like I need you to give me voice lessons on how to sound like that. (laughs) Uh, Even her laugh. Oh, my God. Um, She's amazing. She's absolutely hilarious comedian actress radio personality you've heard her on the you up with nikki glazer podcast is it a podcast or radio show Both. comedy central radio yeah. sirius xm um you are a producer of a show that i'm going to be on coming right. up so we will plug that it's a female driven live comedy show called the eskimo sisters show in hollywood and you're also a co-creator of here for the hang another comedy show with a bunch of really cool headlining comedians you recently ish were on getting high with doug benson Yes. Yeah, you're just and we'll appear again soon. Ooh, okay. You have to let us know when that's going to be. Um, and she's just awesome. Everyone, welcome to the podcast, Carlisle Forrester. Hello, meatballs. How are you? Oh my god, I love the southern drawl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear myself, so hopefully I don't sound like Patty and Selma on The Simpsons because I'm kind of dipping into that register. I don't know if you can feel it, but no, I want you to lean into it. Okay, I want you to go with it. Right. I yes. Um, how are the you doing? Smooth the radio stylings of Carlisle Force. I think everyone just had to pull their cars over. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're gonna how break the I? podcast network. I'm great because I'm here with you, babe. Oh, thank, thank you. you for having me. I feel bad. I deprived her of meatballs. Um, she got a veggie tray, guys. It's, they thought she was crazy. It's too goddamn early for meatballs, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
I love that you call me Jackie. Everyone calls me Jacqueline, but Jackie is like my inner close circle. Like I feel okay, like I'm... can I be in the inner close circle? Because I just thought it was that. Okay. No, I love it. It makes me so happy. Um, I want to know: Did you get to yoga this morning? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you for calling me on it. I did not, but I wanted to have that window in case I did. You wanted uh, the option. Yeah, I like a good option. I chose, I chose good hair instead of body today I see know. i i should have chosen that route i'm not gonna lie carlisle got here and i was naked in my bathroom <laughs> with my curling iron just had been turned on because i don't know about you but i always think i have much more time than i do yes always and i always think i can get ready in 45 minutes yeah no i can't no never i need an hour minimum i think it's it used to be hour and now as i'm like in like later like mid-ish 30s it's more than an hour. Yeah. It definitely is. Oh, yeah. We got to put in the extra time. To look like years. we're not putting in extra time. Yeah. It's totally. It's so, so sad. We can't start on a depressing note. I get depressed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. You get depressed about getting ready. I think everyone gets depressed about getting ready. You have a good curl going on. Can you give all the meatballs listening that like a good wave in their hair? You're- I... Learn how to curl my hair, okay, in the early 2000s. So I don't know if this is still a relevant style, but this is my style, girl. And what it is, is it's a curl with a straight edge. It's remember, good. remember when that first came about? Yeah. We first learned you just take a curling iron and you, I don't know, it's probably boring radio because I can't show it. you. It's okay. I mean, I want to know these things. I should do tutorials. You should. Because I'm actually really good at it. I was watching one of your comedy sets that's online and you like flipped your head around and it was just like Goldilocks. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh my God. I'm also a dry bar addict. So shout out to them if they want to sponsor me at any point. You're definitely, you're definitely a part of my career, dry bar. (laughs) Let's work together on this, baby. I was in dry bar today, actually. You were not getting my hair done. I was buying sparkling soda. That's my. So I stopped wearing. I for over a decade wore Black Orchid by Tom Ford perfume. Okay. And then one day my brother was like, you smell like shit. Basically just like, I hate your perfume. And then a few other guys were like, yeah, it's kind of aggressive. And I mean, your brother's not supposed to like your perfume. FYI. But yes, but I trust his opinion. Okay. And yeah, that that would be creepy if he was like, oh yeah. But other men didn't like the scent either. <laughs> yeah, they, I think it's a little too masculine for certain people. It's not good. And so I haven't been able to pick. I feel like a scent. I feel like I'm also going to start talking like you halfway through this. <laughs> like all of a sudden, I was like, oh my god, um, oh my god. <laughs> it's a southern accent mixed with a valley girl accent because I moved here when I was 18. So. I, even though I thought I was an adult when I came here, I wasn't. Let's get real. I was no. still a kid. So I kind of grew up in Valley Village, too, if you think of it that way. And I think that's why I sound like I could be. Oh, totally. I people tell me. On. Uh, yeah. Um, people tell me I sound like a Jersey Valley girl. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just we move here. We adapt. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, point being of this perfume story. I haven't found my scent yet, and I love the way sparkling soda from Dry Bar smells. All their products. Everything. Mm -hmm. So I just went in there to buy a new one, and that's kind of... I literally spray it everywhere. Yeah. It just... Something about their smells, it just... All of their scents, it just makes you smell like something a guy wants to put his dick inside. It's weird. It's just... I don't know how they bottle that, but they do. (laughs) Have you gotten compliments (laughs) on it? Men love it. (laughs) 
Do they? They're obsessed because it's super feminine and floral. Oh, guys, listen. Just dropping info right here. I feel like you look like you were kind of maybe having sex all morning. I mean, I definitely had sex. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon to just jump right in. Let's jump in. Of course. It's Saturday morning. If you're not having sex, you're doing it wrong. Thank you. <laughs> and Did you? No, my main squeeze has been gone. He's in okay. New Jersey right now. Boo. Right? All right. I feel like I've started just picking fights. Cause, like, I'm getting to that point where I'm frustrated and just, like, angry. Like, get back. Like, what are you doing? You're sexually frustrated is what it is. You need to get some, some Skype going, some FaceTime booty, something. I never do that. Do you have any good tips on that? It's, it's all what it's about. I mean... If you're on the road and you guys are apart, you got to be FaceTime sex. You have to. That's how you keep it hot. Oh, my God. I need to next level it. Come on. (laughs) Wait. Okay. What are, like, the best, like, do I do it? Like, do I, should I put a full face of makeup on and, like, try to get all sexy? Or is it better when I'm just, like, in a t-shirt? You know, you probably should put on makeup because those cameras are not forgiving. Let's get real. And hotel lighting and, like, cheap hotel rooms on the road. Yeah, you get that ring light over there out, you know. If you put a ring light on your pussy, I found that to be very helpful. Okay, so am I showing everyone everything? (laughs) I like that. It's like a highlighter pussy. I I think that's the first time I've ever said that word on this podcast. (laughs) Meatballs, not safe for work. Okay, of course, whenever I come on is the (laughs) first time that P word is dropped. No, it's great. I think we should all be comfortable saying it. It's 2019. Come on. If we can't mm-hmm. say it, how are we going to use it? Hell yeah. Right? Are you going to dive into your Celsius? I'm diving into this energy, energy Celsius. It's here. a thing. I did it opposite today, though. I went to boxing at 9 a.m. And instead of like doing the Celsius beforehand and getting my caffeine, I drank it after boxing. So now you're just what? I'm like on my way. Like, I'm halfway through it. So we'll get real energetic in about 20 minutes. As my hand's shaking, as I'm like... (laughs) There's a dog having a seizure outside, it sounds like. What's happening? It's all happening. Um, So Carlisle's jersey is... Is it Oxard? Oxford. Oxford. Okay. Yeah. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Okay. Tell us everything. I want to know. Hotty (laughs) toddy. Tell us all about where you grew up and what it was like and what you were like as a little Carlisle. Okay, as a little Carlisle, I always wanted to be a performer. I knew that I needed to live in California and be an actress. Like, I wanted to be Stephanie Tanner on Full House when I was little. Oh, my God. That was my favorite show. I read a Disney magazine that had Jodie Sweetin's face on the cover, and she said, everybody told my mom I was really funny when I was a little girl and that she should get me an agent. And I took the magazine to my mom and I was like crying. And I was like, you need to get me an agent. It says it right here. And she's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I was like, everybody says I'm funny. Mm. Uh, Because we owned a bar and a restaurant whenever I grew up. And so we had a lot of employees that were like college age people going to Ole Miss that were like our bartenders and cocktail waitresses. Yeah. They were my audience. Okay. They were the ones that would end up watching Carlisle's dances and, you know, oh, yeah. or plays and just everything. I would like sell them things and take their money. Like, Oh, I just, used to, I was always, it's always the thing. I charge my friends for dance classes in my parents, like basement when I was little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be like, does everybody want to come see my play in the other room? And they were like, yeah, we'll come watch your play. And I'd be like, okay, 50 cents. You know, like, <laughs> I was destined for Hollywood. Oh my God. Um, yes. So I just never understood growing up that 
if everything that we watch on TV is in California, why aren't we there? Mm-hmm. Like I was obsessed with it. 90210, all oh. that. And I would tell my mom, I just, you know, I want to go to California. But it's such a far off pipe dream when you live in Mississippi. Nobody I knew had ever done that. Okay. I'm trying to fact check right here just to put it in perspective mm-hmm. for people because you are the first girl, first anyone that's from Mississippi on the podcast. So oh, wow. congratulations. Thank you. This is groundbreaking. <laughs> um, I want to So the blind side, uh-huh. that's Old Miss, right? That is Old Miss. Okay. So that's where he went. That's where he went, but they didn't actually shoot it there. So okay. it's not really factual okay. in my book. Well, how can we like picture like where like your surroundings? Okay, so that? Oxford, Mississippi, if I can set the stage for you. Thank you. It's it's a small southern town with like a small courthouse square, <sighs> the big white courthouse in the center, and all around that are little boutique shops and bars and restaurants. And everybody's always like thinking, you know, small town in Mississippi, so you're thinking like rednecks and pickup trucks okay not where i'm from oxford is like it's where william faulkner is from okay it's a literary town it's a lot of academia is there because the university there's a lot of money there because the university it's it's not like this like small backwoods place so yeah i was picturing rednecks so thank you for clarifying and they are there but that's what we call the people that went to the county school so (laughs) it's not my background per se but uh no William Faulkner um like all the old movies from the 40s and 50s the Faulkner movies those are set on our town square so if anybody's ever seen those or wanted to go back and watch that's Oxford and it really hasn't changed much since like the 1900s really yeah there's no dry bar in town it's there's no dry bar yet (laughs) god damn it uh there's there's an off-brand like mom and pop dry bar you know it's like that it's a lot of Locally owned businesses. My family owned one. J.W. Forrester's was my dad's bar. Oh, that place just sounds awesome. It was the coolest, biggest bar in town. Uh, Oxford is a college town because of Ole Miss. Yeah. So just to cut back to my story a little bit, even though it's a great place to grow up, when you are the kind of people that you and I are, artists, people that want to perform and go, I mean, I wanted to get out of there. Of course. Mm. I couldn't wait. And especially because my family was so well-known, I felt like I lived in a little bubble. Okay. And if I would have gone to college there, everybody knew my dad and everybody hung out at my dad's bar. So, like, would you want to go to college somewhere where the cool spot to hang was your dad's bar? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I was just kind of done with it. I mean, if you were just doing that when you were, like, 10 years old, then... We hung out at the bar when we were in high school. Like, I would be allowed to go because I was really into music and they had bands every night you know so I was allowed to go and we would drink sometimes uh as you do yeah it's like your parents basement sneak it your parents bar and so I really felt like I had done that experience and I felt like I had done Ole Miss um sorry if I'm just droning on with my story but a big part of my story is that whenever I was in high school I was on the radio at Ole Miss at the University of Mississippi. Uh-huh. And how that came about, this is how kind of my love for radio and, and everything started, was because I crashed an audition because I saw a sign on campus for news anchors, for like Newswatch Channel 12, University of Mississippi's you know campus station. Mm-hmm. So I had no 
experience in newscasting. I don't care about newscasting. I just saw the word auditions and I was like, I'll act like a newscaster. Like this is an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Never thought that I would get it. So I auditioned to be a news anchor when I was in the 10th grade Mm -hmm. and I got it because nobody bothered to ask me if I was actually enrolled at Ole Miss. Did you always look like this? Okay. Carlyle looks like a walking Barbie doll. I'm just putting it out there. Can I just set the stage? I was corn fed when I lived in Mississippi. I didn't have this body until I moved to LA and somebody showed me how to work out. Oh, 100%. I ate chicken tenders every night for dinner. Yeah, but we also, like, it doesn't matter when you're, like, 18. This is true. Come on. All right. So you weren't a swamp creature. I didn't learn how to be hot until I moved to LA. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Oh, we'll definitely. We're going to get into that. Um. But yeah, so I became this, I I got the news anchor thing and I was like, who do I talk to about the fact that I'm in 10th grade? And they were like, what? Uh, Okay, I guess this has never happened before. And it just happened to be like a summer semester when the students were gone. Oh, So they allowed me to do it. And then from being a news anchor, I got a gig on radio, on the campus radio station, which is where I really fell in love with radio, which is what I do now. Yeah. Um, and sorry if I breeze through that story, but it, obviously I already felt like I had attended Ole Miss because I had done all that stuff in high school. So what were you doing? What were you like interviewing people for? I was a disc jockey on the radio station. And then I was a news anchor reading the news off a teleprompter on Newswatch channel 12. I mean, what better just, experience is that? I know it was just so, and I watched the tapes and it's hilarious because I really thought I didn't have a Southern accent. Oh. I really <laughs> did y'all for so long. I was like, Oh, I'm from Mississippi, but I don't talk with an accent at all. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, don't ever lose that. Yeah. I'm leaning into it now more with comedy. Yeah. Do you talk about being from Mississippi in your set? I do, but it's far away from me right now because I've lived away mm-hmm. for so long. Yeah. But I, I talk about growing up there and um, I have some some jokes about like racism and stuff that I've been doing recently because obviously that's a part of growing up there. Oh, yeah. Because um, I always say, you know, the like the most racist person that I knew growing up was actually my grandmother. Uh, but she's dying now, so it's getting more progressive. <laughs> silver lining (laughs) so that's so cool so you you were doing all that before you even went to college yes which is insane yeah and I really did not want to go to college which kind of blew everybody's mind because I was smart and I had good grades and I got into Ole Miss and I was enrolled at Ole Miss Uh but I kind of ran away from home I pieced out you were out. I felt like I was drowning. I had to get the fuck out of there. Well, that's cool that you could reckon. I went kicking and screaming every year back to college because all I wanted to do was just be acting in New York. And mm-hmm. my parents were like, nope, I should have run away. That's I knew that, that was how I was going to feel. <laughs> Wait, so how did you escape? I just bought a plane ticket and my best friend drove me to Memphis, Tennessee to where the airport was. Oh my gosh. And my mom went the day before to beg her parents to take her car away so she couldn't do it and they were like, "No, we're not going to do that." Your mom knew you well. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't want me to go, but I was 18 and they couldn't really do anything and I remember they kept saying, "But that doesn't make any sense. You've been 18 since November. You could like I could have ran away at the last part of high school by that logic, but I completed high school all that was fine. I just, going into that college semester, I could not do it. I felt like my life was ending. Really? If I didn't get out here. 
So you just, was that a one-way ticket to LA? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is such a goddamn long story. I can't even... Well, I want to know. So Carlisle and I bonded over... Yes, I want to get to this. Yeah, no. When we... I. It was last summer when I was doing the Do You Remember This, the musical, yes. which we still need to resurrect. We're trying to, like, find a whole place. Everything. And I want to audition. Yes. <laughs> Please. So you moved out to Los Angeles in the heyday yep. of all of that. Start whatever, wherever you want to start in those stories. Like, just let it go because I know so many of the meatballs listening love hearing about that. I love hearing yes. about it. Do and we I, have meatballs that went to lay do? I don't know if they went to lay do, but the I mean. club in the world. Every, I mean, I haven't been there recently. I know it's still open, but no. it's not called lay do. No, lay do is not open. It's, it, there's Make no mistake. Lay do has been dead. I was there <laughs> on the night it died. We wore black. It's gone. I don't know if they're trying to tell you guys that that whatever's at that new location is affiliated but it is not it's not Lido. so in the early 2000s this is before la was like this bottle service craze and all that it wasn't really here yet that okay. was something you did in like vegas yeah and i was working at geisha house which oh. i don't know if you remember this was a i worked at dolce which is from the same group okay now you're <laughs> blowing my mind but jackie that's why we should have talked about this before i worked at dolce too i worked for dolce group from the beginning oh okay so yeah. i came in towards the end like so. lonnie moore is like a big brother to me what yeah yeah sorry to drop names shout out lonnie i don't know hi yeah. lonnie uh, doesn't probably, he probably, run? Uh, it might be awkward for yeah. some. Um, whatever. Uh, doesn't he run Cajun Pete's now? In um, there's Ventura? a lot of restaurants that they run. Yeah. I don't. I can't even keep up with with what it is. But okay, I worked at Dolce. Mm -hmm. I guess not at the same time no. Jackie did. I, I was, was a hostess when it first opened. That was like the heyday of it. Yes, you saw some shit. Yeah, I. FedExed a hardback menu to the David Letterman show because they wanted to hold it up on air. And then the phone rang for two days solid after that. And Lonnie screamed at me because I didn't get anything done. And I said, you don't understand. The phone won't stop ringing. I can't get anything done. It was crazy. It was the most popular restaurant. I went from Dolce to Geisha House was opened after that. Mm -hmm. I was working at Geisha House. They came to me. Lonnie said, hey, we're going to open up this club across the street. Now you're going to go work there. It's going to be called Le Do. It's going to be bottle service. I go, what's bottle service? He goes, ah, you'll find out. So I go to this meeting to, to you know, like all the opening people that are going to open this club. And I've never worked at a nightclub before. And I'm thinking it's a meeting for work, like a serving job. So I'm just like in like workout clothes and sneakers. And I go to this meeting and it's like, the most beautiful women of L.A. are there, just dressed to the nines, full hair, makeup, heels, little dresses, and they're all talking about, like, their other jobs, and they're like, yeah, well, at Roosevelt, we make, like, eight on a Saturday. And I'm like, $800? What are you saying? I make $100 at my sushi restaurant at this time. And they're all just, like, sizing me up, and, like, who is this chubby girl from Mississippi, and how did she get here? I was the chubby girl from Jersey adult. <laughs> oh my God. This era, like I, this is before I knew I didn't know how to do my hair. I didn't know how to do my makeup. I was just sh schlepping around LA. Just, this is like Jessica Simpson, juicy tracksuit era. Totally. Kardashians are just starting. Yep. 
you know, like it was Lindsay Lohan, Britney, all Paris. All of that just starting. Everyone was in like sky dresses. Yes, sky yes. dresses. <laughs> you needed oh a my sky god. dress. Oh god, it was the body cons were starting. It was the Hervé Leger knockoffs. Mm-hmm. It was the bad Jessica Simpson hair extensions. And oh. by the way, I have to check myself because sometimes I feel like my style might be still stuck in this early 2000s era. Like Jackie, you might have to check me sometimes because I. I don't know. I, I think that whenever you're, whenever you come into like your sexiness and your sex appeal, that's where you're kind of, you're paused at that era. And I'm paused at early 2000s, like blonde <laughs> girls next door. Oh, Playboy. girls next door, Playboy Mansion. Yes. Did you work there too? I worked there. Oh my God. I, no, I didn't work there, but I've been there. Um, yeah. That's a fun time. I'm glad I did that since that's like iconic and nobody now. can go to the Playboy Mansion anymore. Probably. Yeah. Um, so sorry to digress, but this lay do era, it changed my life because the first night the club opened, we made like a thousand, I don't know, like something crazy. I just remember them pushing a pile of money to me and being like, here's your cut. And it was just off to the races. It was the most popular club in LA because it was on a private lot. Yeah. So paparazzi couldn't physically get to it that was why celebrities liked it because you couldn't get on that lot because it was private yeah so tmz and all those people they would be waiting on the street to see who would go in but they couldn't see who would come in or out and and how drunk or fucked up they were and we had a private vip where just crazy things would happen the first time i went there i remember literally walking by that and suge knight bumped into me Mm -hmm. in the doorway and i've never been more scared in my whole life (laughs) We also had a hole in the wall for a really long time from that Suge Knight night. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait. From a fight that broke out. Can you tell us that story? I mean, I don't really remember the details of it, but I remember that he was there and there was a lot happening and there was a fight in the hallway by like our little server computer and then a hole just stayed there. (laughs) There was just a hole. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it was so cool because it was one of those places where you always saw a celebrity there was always something cool happening i mean that's all that was in there was celebrities yeah it was insane do you think that i ever waited on you and we didn't know well i could tell okay um and i I brought pictures by the way (laughs) that you could see because this is actually pre iphone send them to me we're gonna post all of these guys oh yeah you gotta see the lay do corset it was kind of an iconic sexy outfit that now all the clubs are trying to emulate but like at this time, we didn't have iPhones. We didn't have, it wasn't just like click, click, click pictures. So these are actual like paper photos. Yeah. That I took a picture of to show we you. We would have digital cameras and you could not wait until you got home after and your friends uploaded the pictures onto their computer. We had hot red corsets. Oh my God. And you know, now these bottle service girls, now every club has bottle service and it's not a big deal and they're just running around naked pouring champagne but back in this day (sighs) it was kind of the first club of its kind and they used to film the hills there i don't know if any meatballs were hill hills fans oh yeah there's definitely a lot of hills episodes where i'm in the background of just like pouring lauren conrad a cocktail (laughs) 
I definitely took shots of Jack Daniels with Brody Jenner. That oh, was God. like a huge thing. I remember like fist pumping with Stephen Coletti. And then we walked around the rest of the night just going, Stephen. Oh, my God. It's terrible. And we're not named. I'm not pretend, I'm not saying I was best friends with any of these people. It was just I my fondest memory of Ledoux as a little girl. I was obsessed with Paula Abdul. Like yes. obsessed. And actually, uh, an uncle of mine lived out here when mm-hmm. I was like six or seven. And he had a girlfriend that managed the tanning salon that Paula Abdul went to. Oh, wow. And he knew I was obsessed with her. So she got Paula to write me a note being like, Jacqueline, follow your dreams. Oh, like, my God. That's so sweet of her to do. It was so cool. And it's literally probably packed away in a box in my parents' storage unit, which makes me so sad. Um, but it's like, it's the coolest, sweetest note about following your dreams. And like, but she was there when you went? So she was dating TJ. Yeah, yeah, JT. JT, that's it. Um, And she was sitting alone at one of the, like, couches Mm -hmm. just by herself. And I just, like, literally, like, tapped her on the back and was just like, you wrote me a letter. (laughs) (laughs) There's pictures, though. I got to find these pictures to show you. I start crying. Oh, my God. We're hugging. Like, it's all this Well, she's so sweet. She's a good one to do that, too. Because she's a class act. She was always really kind to me. And... I was a huge fan of hers, too. I don't think I ever had that moment with her when I told her. But <laughs> thank God, if you want to hear of a celebrity that's not kind. Yes. Um, always. So also, whenever I was little, I was obsessed with Paula Abdul, too. That's really funny. But also, I had a full-out obsession with Lisa Frank. <laughs> Did you like Lisa Frank stickers when you were yes, growing up? the binders. Okay, so if anybody, if any meatballs don't know, Lisa Frank is that colorful... Like, the girls, whenever you went to school, the girls always had, like, their trapper keepers, and it would have, like, a unicorn with, like, rainbows coming out of the ass. Okay, that's Lisa (laughs) Frank. Cut to, I'm working at Ledoux. I'm in my 20s. There's this this buzz going around that she's going to come in, that I'm going to have her table, okay? So, whenever you have bottle service, there's a, you know, bucket, like an ice bucket for the champagne. And the champagne is resting in the ice bucket. But throughout the night, of course, the ice gets all melty and watery. And you're outside on this patio. So I just, you know, I would pull the bottle out of the champagne bucket to pour. And sometimes water would drip down Mm -hmm. because it's melted. Well, Lisa Frank, I have her table. She's standing there. She's been very cold all night, by the way. I'm not even really sure which one is her. What does she look like? She's an older woman. She's okay. Yeah. Okay. All business. Okay. I pull the bottle out. It pours water all over her shoes. And she freaks out. And she's just like, these are Christian Louboutins. Which, I mean, it was the height of Christian Louboutin. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, ugh. Like, she's just like disgusted. I guess it wasn't that great of a story. That was kind of it. But she, (laughs) I was just like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't. And then. On the card that night, like, because I wasn't sure who it was, that was her. I'm like, great, the girl that I doused her, Christian Louboutins. That's okay. Where's Lisa Her Frank black now? Amex said Lisa Frank. Oh, God. There was so much money thrown around there, too. Oh, you have no idea. I don't. I'm very jealous I did not work there. I mean, <laughs> the most money in one night, I'd have to say, was like $3,500. That's awesome. Which... I immediately spent on bills and, you know, things. And 
the person that had overtipped us so much was like this trust fund baby that had come in and then he tried to come back and claim, Oh, I was too drunk and like signed for this bill. And so the owners tried to come back and say, Hey, you know, the other night when you guys made 3,500 each, we need that back. Fuck that. And I was just like, Oh, Oh, absolutely sorry that was gone the next day wait so were you like living at the palazzo like were you living the audrina patridge life like what were you doing were you auditioning uh, the palazzo (laughs) okay here wait flip through these sorry no No. oh my god she has lay do photos too (laughs) oh my god yeah that's paula there's more That wallpaper. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not live at the Palazzo's during this time, but cut to another dream of mine was realized when Nikki did Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yes. Uh, My best friend, Nikki Glazer, was on Dancing with the Stars, and she hired me to be her assistant during that time, and ABC put us up in the Palazzo. And literally every time we would pull into our apartment, we were like staring at the blank page before <laughs> you open up the dirty window. Let the sun illuminate. Come on. <laughs> that is the theme song of like, do you remember this? The musical. Yes. That's the finale. You need to be in it. Please. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. Were you so like I came full circle? That's so cool. So we when you first moved here, you were just doing bottle service and working for the Dolce group. Were you even auditioning? Because I literally felt like I wasn't. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I think. And if anybody is listening that wants advice, don't get so wrapped up in that whenever you come out here, because I definitely wasted a lot of time because when you're working till four in the morning, you have to sleep until 2 p.m. the next day mm-hmm. and you're not handling your body the way it should you don't have self-care so you're not going to be able to shine at your auditions you don't have a bright light about you Mm-mm. I was drinking a lot um this is definitely where my addiction was realized and I got sober during this time believe it or not so I want to say that too don't think that you can't get sober because you work in this lifestyle because I did two years at Do sober pouring really? ace of spades champagne on the ground pretending oh, yeah. like I was drinking it because you're supposed to drink the bottles with the customers, yeah. you know, and they'd be like, have some, you know, Ace of Spades is literally $1,000 a bottle and mm-hmm. I didn't drink, but what are you going to say? No, you want them to get through the bottle. So you take some and you dump it in a plant. It's not the best thing I've ever done, but everything's fine. Or am I going to get backlash for this? No, you're it's very not. wasteful, but hey, I, I kept my sober date. I'm so proud of you for that. So, um, do, I mean, do you ever talk about like when you decided like, okay, this isn't for me anymore. Like I have to change my lifestyle. Yeah. Like what happened? Because I feel like a lot of people might be going through it, but they don't know how to get out or they just feel like it's going to change my whole identity. Like yeah. this is going to get so hard. Like I can't. So, well, one thing I'll say is it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, it's the first time I went to a meeting, I was 19. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's been, I've been trying for a really long time and I've had like long points with it and those will get broken. Right now I'm in my longest streak of not drinking because it's over two years. Okay. And I do other things. I smoke pot because I found that for me, that is like um, a way that I'm kind of medicating. I'd rather smoke pot than take antidepressants or you know everybody has their own route but I'm kind of more holistic at this point yeah so I want to be natural so I found that that works for me right now but that might change too because I've also had like no pot and no drinking like total sobriety Mm -hmm. 
Um, but what I would recommend to anybody thinking about it is try it and just see if you're a better version of yourself. Because I found that I definitely was. Really? Like, I have no question in my mind that I cannot drink. I have an allergy to it. I become a different person. Jackie. Wait, how did you feel? Like, what, what happens to you when you drink? It's horrible. I mean, do you want to see those videos on my phone? No. <laughs> um, I keep them to remind me of why not. Like, yeah. it was bad. I, I wouldn't just send... I wouldn't just drunk dial Jackie. I would send video drunk dial. Oh, wow. <laughs> God damn it. I'm that girl. Yeah. And great I'm for comedy. It's so great, dude. I have so many stories and I am a great comedian to hire for your AA convention because I just, <laughs> oh my God. I'll, you know, I'll work in the, the stories, but how did I know there there's was there like a rock bottom I had I mean there's 20 rock bottoms okay it just it had to keep happening for me to see okay that I just can't do it yeah and luckily I'm to a point where that's not a question in my mind anymore I never wish like oh I, I wish I could just have a glass of wine because I have no interest in having a glass of wine I want 10 bottles of wine okay so if I can't have 10 bottles I've just I won't even have one glass. You're I'm, like, I'm going to go big or, or go home. I'm totally go big or go home. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's why I have to reel it in with a pot too, honestly, because if I love something, I just get really into it. Mm. You sound like Britney and then, Spears. And then I have this sexy voice to. Is that, is that how you get, I need to start smoking pot. God damn it. Is that. I have some in my bag, Jackie. Perfect. <laughs> What kind should I smoke if I don't want to get paranoid and like weird? You're going to get paranoid and weird at first, but you just smoke through that. You smoke through it. And eventually one day you won't even be able to get high or feel joy. Wow. No, I'm just <laughs> Perfect. Great. It's like me when I drink wine. I'm like numb to it. It's like water. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I was too, man. If I, I used to open a bottle of wine and throw the cork away and people would be like, what? You know what? I'd be like, oh, I don't need it. That's- Why would you save the cork? That was always so crazy to me that somebody would put that aside. Like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> I am so all or nothing. And if anybody feels that they are like thinking about quitting drinking, just fucking do it and just try and see. It's it's a better life. For me, it's been better. And then if you don't like it, you can always go back and then it's going to be even more fun to get drunk. Think yeah. of it that way. And like... <laughs> Get your tolerance down. <laughs> Take a break. It'll be, you know, cost effective. Yeah. Um, was it weird for you working in environments like that? Like, were the people that you worked with weird towards you? Or did you not really broadcast it out there and let anyone know? I think at first, no, I did broadcast it out there because I had a reputation for being the drunk girl. So, like, whenever I got sober, I wanted everybody to know, hey, I'm not like that anymore. You got know? It. Okay. And then that kind of became my mo i've gotten to points where i get like really rigid with it you know mm-hmm. and during the lay do time there was a time when i was like that and you can absolutely be a bartender a server a comic we're around alcohol every night all the time and it doesn't ever bother me being sober because you're more focused you're clear absolutely 
I I found for probably the first few years I was doing comedy, I definitely it was like a social thing, just mm-hmm. to like drink more and like I always had to have like a drink or two before I went on stage. Mm-hmm. And now I I mean I'll still drink after, but I don't like to drink at all before I go on stage. Yeah, you know, because it doesn't loosen me up. Like, no, if and I, you don't need that. At no, this point. you're comfortable enough on stage. Exactly. So if anything, it just gets me. You know, I I feel like the only times that I've really bombed were whenever I was drinking. Okay. And I've saved those recordings because it is bad. Um, But if I'm not drinking, dare I say, I I don't think I could really bomb at this point. You're in control. I don't think you or I, like, you're not just going to go up there and just eat a dick at this point. (laughs) And I love that I have that. I did not have that when I was drinking. Okay. I want to know when you started doing comedy. Were you doing it while you were working at Ladue? Like, when did no, that all come God, about? No, I wish. Um, comedy is a newer thing for me. I'm only four years in. Oh, okay. Even though the whole first run out in LA, I say first run because I took a break and moved to Austin, Texas and came back. <gasps> and that, that whole first run, the whole Ladue run and all this stuff I'm talking about, I never even did comedy. I was only pursuing acting. Okay. So, were so you, you guys, I've been class? failing at acting for a minute now. <laughs> and if you fail at acting long enough, you have to go into comedy. That's that the is thing. the rules. SAG contacts you, the Screen Actors Guild, and they go, look, this is your IMDb page for the last 10 years. Let's get you a microphone, bitch. Uh, and you have, or real estate. That's your other choice. Acting but I chose comedy. Estate. Or like a lot of yoga instruction or... SAG has you check a box and you have to choose. God, aren't we fun? uh, Are you guys (laughs) sure the people listening with real jobs that you don't want to just move to LA? (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) I'm so so ready for this first crop uh, to move out. I know. Move back home. Um, I want to know. So you, what made you decide to move to Austin? Because I had only lived in Oxford, Mississippi and Los Angeles, California. And I was like, this is not a well-rounded existence. Mm -hmm. And I had visited Austin and I just loved it and fell in love with the place. But to live there, for me, I think I'm the only person that moved there and didn't like it. Okay. Because I felt like essentially I'd gone back to Mississippi. I remember the first time I wanted to go see a movie and they didn't have it in the theaters. And I looked it up and it said only in theaters in L.A. and New York. I went, oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here. I just felt like, oh, I live in a small town again and I hate it. Okay. Wow. And I was working as a waitress and they pay you two eleven in Texas. Yeah. And I did not know that before That's... I moved. In, in L.A., you know, minimum wages... Now it's 15 an hour, but it's always been like 12 or 10, you know. Yeah. And you don't think of it, but that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I moved to Austin, I financially bottomed out because it's basically as expensive as L.A. is now. Because everybody from L.A. is just moving there and making it cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I came running back with a strong focus on comedy for this second round. So did you start doing comedy in Austin? No, I started out here at the haha ha, but i started listening to podcasts and listening to comedy mm. and just being like why didn't i ever try that that whole time i was in la i never tried that and you know in podcast comics always talk about how they got their start mm. and i heard i think it was crystalia say that he started at the haha ha cafe and i was thinking oh my god my apartment was right by that place and i never even walked inside of it what would happen if I went there and I went on stage? And then cut to, I moved back in 2015. 
I'm still having a lot of financial problems. And one of the things that I just couldn't figure out was to get my car re-registered back in California, like after living in Texas and all that shit. I'm sorry. She's taking a deep breath. It's oh, no, because I've dealt with that, too. <laughs> like hearing about car I registrations gave gives me anxiety. If you don't live in California, you might not know, but it's, yeah, no, it's, it's such a, a struggle. Yeah. So anyway, um, I... My first open mic was at the Ha Ha too, by the way. Yes. Yeah, the first time I went on stage. Very first time on stage. So I had this car situation where, like, I just couldn't get my car registered, and I had all these tickets and owed all this money. So much money that I was just like, what can I do that's free? So I was going to go to Runyon Canyon Mm -hmm. because that's free. I go on this relaxing zen hike, and I come back, and my car is being towed. And I lose my mind I have this whole temper tantrum I have to walk back to my apartment in the valley and on the walk home I call my parents and I think this is it that's my only asset you have to have a car in LA I have to pay like five thousand dollars to get it back or something crazy and my parent my dad's like why don't you just come home and go to computer school and I'm like, that's not a thing. What is computer school? Um, nobody's, nobody's ever graduated from it. We don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I go, you know what? No, I'm just going to try something different. I think I'm going to go to this open mic tonight. And I hung up with my parents. And I took my notebook that I've been writing jokes for years. For like two years, I had been writing jokes. Okay. And I rode my bike to the haha. And I did an open mic, and I didn't do the traditional thing where you go, this is my first time doing this. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I, Jack Jr., you know, took yeah. my money, and, you know, I went, and I got laughs. It was a great set. And everybody was kind of like, who's this girl? I remember Ashoka Thomas was there. Mm-hmm. I thought he was famous because he was funny, so of course he must be famous. <laughs> so funny all these people are like my good friends now and then I got on my bike and I rode back to my apartment and I was just crying uh-huh. and I was just like this is it and I think the next open mic I did there they asked me to be the host that's so cool they love me and well now I know they just want like hot girls that will work for free but uh <laughs> I became the open mic host at the haha which really accelerates your career. If anybody wants to try comedy, my advice to you would be get a gig hosting an open mic. Oh, yeah. Because you will have to write more. It forces you to get over your stage fright. And you meet everyone. I was the rock paper host forever. Oh, yeah. That was a great mic, too. No, and that's how I met, like, it was before, like, Jamar Neighbors and Willie. Like, all of them would come through all the time. Lamochi, everyone. And now all these people are regulars and they're working so much. But that's how you meet people. And and then you start getting booked on shows because they all want to fuck you. And, like, it just goes off. Getting a boyfriend really just pushed my comedy (laughs) career back. I know. I don't know why you're telling people. But you got to have a shadow boy that lives in the shadows. My dad even was like, I don't think this whole boyfriend thing is good for your comedy career. not. No, we're leaning into it now. Mm. I got to be that good where it doesn't matter. That's true. Well, you are that good. And so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So you just started doing mics and then, but the thing is, and I feel like so many people struggle with this. It's so hard to make money, especially in the beginning doing comedy. So how did you like supplement everything else? Did you get your car out or is it still booted um, downtown LA? I got it back. It's the same fucking car I've had that Mm -hmm. I bought with my Lay-Do money 10 years ago. And everybody thinks I'm such a joke for driving a 2004 Scion. But fuck you. I don't have a car payment. Um, I have a 2007 Jetta and no car payment. So there's that. There you go. 
who gives a fuck what we drive? Um, it, like, I just was in survival mode with comedy. I guess just always service industry stuff, mm-hmm. which is so funny because I posted something on my story about getting fired from a restaurant job, and I got all these DMs from people that listened to Sirius XM, yeah. and they were like, wait, I thought you are this famous comedian. Why do you work at a restaurant? And people don't understand don't that. <sighs> I was bartending last <sighs> night, guys. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> I mean, you you have to, you know, kind of fake it till you make it out here. It's mm-hmm. an expensive city. And I always just end up getting personal assistant jobs. I'm, a really, I'm really good at that, okay. too. Um, How did you meet Nikki? So uh, you, co- is it co-host with Nikki? or? Well, no, I'm just on it regularly. It's okay. her show. And it's out of New York, really. Yeah. But she's in uh, L.A. so much that whenever they do L.A. episodes, that's when I get to join. So basically, I met Nikki because she was my favorite comedian. Yeah. And literally one of the reasons why I went into comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just met her through I was a super fan and uh Nick Youssef comedian who we both know and he's a mutual friend of both of ours he unknowingly introduced me to her like in the street one night and I was so starstruck I didn't even say anything was so weird and she walked away and I'm like that was my favorite comic oh my god and he's like Nikki that's my buddy what are you talking about so he just texted her and told her like oh don't be nervous around her like she's she's cool yeah and then he told her like hey my friend was so nervous because she really loves you and but Nikki's amazing because she took that information and was like oh well cool let me sit and have some time with her tell her to come to this party and then we just ended up sitting in a corner talking and I already knew all about her life from like listening to her own podcasts and stuff so we were just instant friends you know when you hear somebody and you're like we would be friends yeah. if we ever finally got to hang out mm-hmm. hang out that's how it was I feel that way about and I only met her once but I also was too scared to say anything and I have not crossed paths with her since because I feel like she doesn't do the clubs that much she's anymore she's a very generous person with up and coming comedians never feel like that because yeah. she like loves women comics no but I I was talking about Angela Johnson oh oh sorry no and I love Nikki actually Mm -hmm. Nikki and I have a weird connection my main squeeze was a producer on her show on Comedy Central oh cool not safe yeah so they're close and they know each other but I still have never been in the same room with her or met her and funny story when him and I first started dating another female comic who I'm friends with came over and she was like, oh, I think your boyfriend's actually dating Nikki Glaser now. (laughs) And I literally, like, I had to, like, plan a sit down with him. (laughs) I, like, didn't talk to him for the whole rest of the night. And I was like, we need to meet up for lunch tomorrow. I I remember it was, like, pouring rain. I was in, like, a trench coat. We, like, sit down and I was like, you have a girlfriend. (laughs) Like, it was, like, this whole thing. But apparently my friend confused my boyfriend with Nikki's boyfriend at the time who was also a producer Another, yeah. on the show. So Nikki almost caused a breakup before we actually <laughs> were really dating. That's funny. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you guys, and then she just started bringing you on the road. Like, how, that's yeah, funny. she, she just, just got me there. a couple spots early on. Uh, and that was how she saw my comedy. And then from there, she just invited me to come out and host for her. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever it's local, when I can get there, like San Diego or Brea, mm-hmm. And we just started doing that, and then I started traveling with her a bit more, and it's just, it's so fun. That's so cool. 
I love that. I love the radio show. I'd have to say it's my favorite thing in my life right now because as I told you about my past with radio before, I mean, this is what I've always wanted. It's just the dream. Oh my gosh, that gives me chills. You're living your dreams. Yeah. Now if we can only find a way to get me paid to live my dream, then it all comes That's together. The next level. <laughs> like you've already, okay, so you've been doing the comedy. So you have to be specific when you manifest because you can live your dream, but can you make money while you're living your dream? Oh, I forgot to ask the universe for that part. I learned that the hard <laughs> way. I realized recently, because I always just said, I just want to be on set every day. I heard I just, yes. you and Courtney talking about this <laughs> on that episode. And you're like, I just want to work on set, but uh, not as an extra. Yeah. Can we specify? You have to be very specific. So I think you just need to put out how much money you want to make, what mm-hmm. kind of show you want to be on. Speaking of shows, um, all the Emmy nominations were just announced. And I, it's so funny. I don't know about you, but it bothers me when I meet actors that all they say is that they like want to be on TV, but they don't watch TV at all. Yes. That bothers me. So I, I've been making it a point to like binge everything and like really just, you know, engulf. Is that a word? I don't know. Um, but I'm like really excited for this year, especially because I feel like there's so many just amazing shows nominated and I feel like I've seen pretty much all of them. I mean, even we're looking at the nominations right now and I'm looking at the outstanding lead actress in a comedy series category. And it's, this is like Sophie's choice. Mm -hmm. Like guys, for those of you that don't know, Christina Applegate from dead to me, Rachel. She's so good. Oh, Oh my God. Were you obsessed with that series? I'm so I've yeah, binge watched the whole thing. It literally took me like one night, just the entire thing. And then there was Rachel Brosnahan from The Marvelous Mrs. Meisel, which I want to know what your opinion on that one. Oh, I love that show. Oh, it's so good. I Jul- can't wait for the new season. And then Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Veep. And I she'll guess she'll get it. She'll, she'll definitely get it. It's her last season. And she'll also like break a record for like the most Emmy wins for a female, I think. Really? Yeah. No, there's like a lot weighing on this one. Yeah. yeah. Get it, girl. And then I also love Natasha Leone, Russian Doll. So good. Oh, my God. She I has finished that one. You haven't finished it? No, oh. I'm, I'm on episode three. Oh, It's getting yeah. good. Yeah, you need to push through because I didn't like the first like one or two. I was kind of like, what is this? Anything with This Is Us, I'm obsessed with. I know that it is just like crying porn, but it is so good to me. And do you ever play the game of like, just see if you can get through an episode without crying? Because sometimes it's the last minute and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't cry on this episode. And then you're like, damn it, they got me in the last minute. It is the best show on TV. It's created by Dan Fogelman. Shout out. Is Dan um, a, f- a friend? He's a friend. And uh, Why aren't you on This Is Us? We're working on it. Oh, yeah, maybe oh. so. See? 2020. From your mouth to God's ears. That's right. I love that. That's awesome. But one of the best shows on television, debatably. I mean, undebatably. I have not seen. I am. I feel like a bad this <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've had this as us fan because I did not see any of the episodes from last season. Well, you do need to watch from the beginning because you unfortunately can't just jump in no. because then those tears, you can't get those tears jerked out of you. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to really know. You got to let them in your soul. <laughs> um, I watched Fleabag for the first time last night. Have you seen that? Okay, yet? this one, you're going to kill me. No, I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm not going to Everybody's you. talking about it. Well, that's why I finally had to put it on. I got home really late and I was, I fell asleep on the couch watching it. So I need to like rewatch. But the first episode, holy shit. No. I'll do it. 
it's, tonight. It's next level. I definitely recommend watching it. There's nothing like it on. Like, it's insane. I'll binge it. I also, did you watch Game of Thrones? No, don't even talk to me about that one. I don't <laughs> care about that because I'm not a dork. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I have sex instead. <laughs> They're having a lot of sex on Game of Thrones. I guess. I, the one episode I saw, they did have sex, I guess. But yeah. I just... You I know what? Know. I got into it last season. Like that, I had to... We did a whole Game of Thrones thing when I did the funny dance show at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had to binge a lot very quickly. And, like, then I, I did get into it. But there was so much. It was honestly... I went with my boyfriend to his friend who's... His friend's house. And, like, everyone watches it together there. Uh-huh. And I found, like, after we left, everyone was talking about it. And I just kept my mouth shut. Because I was just like, I, I have no idea what the I don't fuck know what's they're talking on. about. And I felt like this is how my boyfriend feels when I'm watching, like, anything on Bravo. Can I just say I'm so grateful to not have a boyfriend that makes me go to a Game of Thrones <laughs> watching party. And also... <laughs> The fantasy draft bullshit. For, I think this is the first football season I'm going to have a boyfriend that doesn't have a fantasy draft. And I'm already wet due to the fact You're that so he excited. doesn't. Yes, I hate pretending to care about that. Oh, this is a sports podcast. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> no, your audience. Uh, no, we we talk just enough. So you're such a good radio segue. We just were making it to the just enough portion of the podcast. Um, can I give you advice, though? Yes. The fun part about fantasy drafts is that you can actually draft kind of cute players and then you care about it the whole season. Okay. And it becomes more exciting for you. Or you could draft people that are dating like other celebrities that you like. Right. Like you, you, you become invested with it i have a fantasy draft but it's my own version and it's just like based on uh my five crushes and like how see (laughs) See? this can be fun you know leave their girlfriend first no um (laughs) kidding kidding no i love it wait you do talk about being a side chick in your comedy that's kind of my brand that's why i had to throw that out there but i'm getting away from that now because i actually am dating somebody that i care about so it's getting harder and harder to get on stage and be like, the thing about fucking black guys is, you know, <laughs> when you're not, it's just not authentic anymore. We had a real crisis situation where he invited his mom to one of my shows early on. And I was like, oh, no, no, yeah. she can't see this. And he was like, no, she's cool. She's his mom used to do comedy. So that's why he that loves me cool. is because he's just seeking his own mom probably like yeah. all men are but um he was like she used to do comedy she gets it i was like i cannot have this happen you need to call her you need to intercept it right now and he did thank god oh he did okay yeah, that couldn't be the first time we met are you kidding me like That's a lot of pressure so much pressure yeah i just my main squeeze's parents came to my show in new jersey um i feature for- and do you talk about him in your act i do I, I, I cut out a few things. Like, it was okay to cut stuff out. Right. Like, he was like, don't change anything. I was like, I want to eventually be in the family someday. I better change something. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it it was nerve-wracking, especially because they, they sat them back at a table, but they also sat them with my parents, which was also nerve-wracking. And I could see, the only faces I could see are, like, my boyfriend's dad's face, my boyfriend, and, like, oh my, my dad's God. face. Those this is my only, worst nightmare. It was... It, it didn't throw me like I got through the set. I got laughs, but it definitely it made me I, I was definitely more nervous because of it. I'm not going to lie. I could not do comedy in front of my parents. How do you do that? And I'm going to need to get over this because yeah. now that 
I'm gaining momentum. Like it's all, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, they stopped coming for a bit because there was just certain things that they were like, we just really don't want to listen to you talk about that. Yeah. And I, I get it. I understand, but I think we're coming around now. Yeah, they are. I mean, they don't, they don't agree with everything I say on stage and I do like make fun of them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, and this is something I wanted to ask you. Some of it is kind of a grandiose picture that I feel like we paint of things. Like Uh not everything I say on stage is what happened. Oh, of course it's an exaggeration. Yeah. And add in details to make you seem like a better person. Yes, everybody knows that, Jackie. Good. Okay. So I want to make sure you do that too. And I'm not the only asshole on stage. But as far as like performing in front of my parents, my whole act right now is about sex mm-hmm. and different types of people that I fuck. I can't talk about that in front of my dad. Like, you know, I've played comedy sets for my mom, like recordings. Okay. And to her credit, she watches Comedy Central a lot, and she was actually a Nikki Glaser fan, so she gets it. That's like great. the first time she heard my comedy, she was like, "Oh, yes, it's like, it's like Amy Schumer." Like she got it, but I've never had that moment with my dad, and I do not foresee that. You never know. I mean, they can't even picture how I'm funny because my dad and my brother are kind of the ones in the family. Like they're the hands. Like my dad tells stories, and he tells tells like street jokes and. That's always been his personality. I've always been quiet, mm-hmm. you know, with the exception of my like dances and plays, but like co- comedy, that was not me. Like Same. it that came later and mm-hmm. I always say like it just my life had to become a joke before I could become a comedian, I guess, That's is basically amazing. what it is. Yeah. But I do think that there's something to be said for just whenever you grow into not giving a fuck what people think. Yeah. I could have never done this in my twenties because I would have been too scared. What are people back home going to say? <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And now fuck them. Fuck all of <laughs> them. I turned 30 and it's just like, who cares? Yeah. That was a bucket list thing. That's why I started it. it was, I was 29 and just was like, okay, well we're going to try this now. I think that's a perfect time to start. I hear a lot of people say they start at 30. Really? Because I think as women, that's the age when we finally begin to value our own thoughts and opinions or something almost. I think that's whenever we become confident in what we're talking about. Because in your 20s, you're just so going with the flow. And just a hot You don't have anything to say. No. If somebody would hand me a microphone, I mean, that would have been such a train wreck with my alcoholism. I'm sure it would have been funny, but it would have been funny for a different reason. Yeah. No. Do you have... <laughs> There's one of my bottoms. I I tried to go in the ha-ha one night, and Jack Sr. was like, you cannot. You, I walked in, and he was like, let's get you a ride home. And I wanted to get on stage. Oh. Uh, I remember... Uh. And luckily, I, that was just the end. Like, that was the end of my thing. But if I would have been doing comedy in my 20s, there would have been 100 nights like that. Okay. Well, it's good. I'm happy it all worked out the way it did for you. Um, it's the end of the podcast, and my energy drink is kicking in. So that's always <laughs> Now you're great. like, all right, now let's get real, Jacqueline. Um, I do want to ask you because, I, I mean, I teach fitness classes. I probably, when I was in New Jersey, gained at least 10 pounds. And my body is just like, what the fuck? Like I, but it's okay. You have to give yourself permission. And like, I was just eating all the things I wanted to eat. Granted, I was working out ish there, but 
I need to lock it up. And if you go on Carlisle's Instagram, there are so many amazingly hot pictures <laughs> of you. But you're so fit. Like you're you Thank you, you. you just don't look like you just don't eat. You also look like you work out. I work out a lot. I'm really into Bikram yoga. That's oh. kind of my thing. Okay. Yeah, because I can't well, I've tried and I'm not a great meditator. So Bikram is the closest thing I can get to that because you can't think about anything else when you're holding these poses. They're so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. So your mind has to go blank. So it's like a meditation and a workout in one. Oh, I love that. And you're sweating. It's like 200 degrees. So you can literally weigh yourself before and after the class. You lose like two pounds. Um, it's water weight. Sense. You'll gain it back. But yeah. eventually it just sloughs off and it regulates your sleep as well. And it regulates your mood. You'll just notice, like, if something you would normally freak out about, you'll just kind of feel this calmness. I need to do that. When I'm doing it regularly, I feel that. Maybe I should stop, like, boxing and, like, going to, like, hit classes Mm. and doing all these aggressive things. There's something to be good for that, too, though. There's something to be said because you're getting your aggression out. Yeah. That's... That, that is good. I did get that out this morning. You did? Oh, oh yes. Yes. It was great. <laughs> great, guys. Um, when Nikki was doing Dancing with the Stars and you were assisting her, yes. were you getting into like Most dance class time. stuff? Please tell us. But I know. I, I know we have to like let you go. But I want to know, like, were you dancing with her? Like, <laughs> were you inspired? Were you her like emotional support dance person? I was more of an emotional support at that point because – it's such a fishbowl. People don't understand that that experience is really intense. And if you're not there living it, you just don't get it. Mm-hmm. So everybody in her life, they they didn't understand. I was kind of like the only person that could be there. You're dancing six hours a day. Mm-hmm. You're dancers. You can imagine how grueling that is. Yeah. It's it's not just physically grueling. There There's an emotional mind fuck that happens. Mm-hmm. And then... Don't even get me started with like, you know, the politics of the show and all that that's playing we in. We can get you started. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a machine. It's a machine owned by ABC and Disney. Yeah. And uh, I would love to do it someday. So I don't want to speak ill of it. Perfect. Got it. So just know there are politics involved. <laughs> no, but everybody watched it and they saw Nikki go home first. And that sucked because she worked so hard. And I really do think that... You know, uh, Jeff Ross went home first, too. I think that they think that the comedians can take it. They can kind of be the fall guy or something. Mm -hmm. And they're almost set up to be that, I feel. I could see that. And it, it broke my heart. Like we were, t- we were rooting for her. Yeah. Like we sat, we watched it all. She looked, I also just loved watching her because she looked so slim and smoking hot. Oh my God. So fit during that time and, and always, but during that time, you're just, she was a machine and she was injured, which they didn't talk about enough. That had a big reason why she went home. But of course they don't tell you that part of the story. Um, she was dancing on like a pulled shoulder muscle yeah. that first time so like I had to dress her the morning of the finale like I woke up to her crying and calling my name and had a sports bra like could, like tangled over like couldn't even put on a sports bra oh my god and this is the day she's supposed to dance on national tv so that's the kind of stuff that the cameras didn't show and they debated on whether or not to even show to show that side of it because half of it is about the drama yeah you it know? has to be. It's a reality show. 
yeah. when you bottom line it, that's it. It's it, a reality it was just competition. It's really interesting to see. It's it's like a um it's like summer camp too because you're all there together and you're such a team uh-huh. and you're just in this bubble of just dancing with the stars every day. And if nobody's been to a live taping, you can go in LA, they're free, register online. It's so cool and it's so worth yeah. it. It's like seeing a Broadway show. It is. It's like seeing everybody that's the best at what they do from like lighting and set design and music and the dancers are the best dancers in the world. You would love it as a dancer. I went, I've, I've only been once, but, and it also, I feel like it makes it seem like it's not as scary as it looks on TV. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like I was like, Oh, I could do this. Oh my God. You'd be so great on it. Oh, thank you. So if you, you ever did get on it, that, that would be a perfect show for you. Cause you actually have a dance background. Yeah. See, Although- I don't know. I feel like you're cheating if you have a dance background on it. Well, some people did. I mean, this season we had Tanache, who was a background dancer. Yeah. And I thought that was so unfair from the beginning. I did too. I was but, like, what the? Come on. Yeah, she already was like a full-on... Professional dance. I mean, yeah. I'm like old as fuck, and now I just kind of like choreograph. Like, I would... St- it would be it would be fair for everyone if I was on there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it would be fine. They wouldn't be like, oh, Jacqueline, man. What? No, it would be fine. But it really... You know, she didn't last as long as you thought she would have. She went home early on, too. It's it's not about what you think it is. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that by the fact that the worst dancer on the whole show won. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. Um, all right. I want to know where you see yourself in five years. Like, let's just put that specific yes. good energy. Like, what do you want right now? Okay. So, I see myself in five years definitely on a TV show, possibly one that I've created because I definitely have some stuff in the works Mm -hmm. and just acting. That is my focus. I love comedy, but my first love will always be acting. Mm -hmm. So if you're a casting director, just... Sure, they're all listening. I've I think really they've just been getting thirsty with that recently. Like I've been saying it. Hey, reach out, DM me if you're in casting. It's going to sound desperate, but no, it's only half of a joke, Jackie. Uh, <laughs> I feel like everyone says it takes like nine times before someone like actually like register something. So keep saying it. Yeah, you know, just- I am going to keep saying. It. I did book one thing uh, off of saying it on SiriusXM, so I got cast in a little Amazon like web series. So, Hey, that's great. (laughs) I don't know why I just thought of this. I said nine times and then I thought of nine lives. Did you see the cats trailer? No, Carlisle. I know. Jesus, I guess you're not. I can't wait. Uh, it's, um, it is funny because I did see someone write like a funny meme about putting a cat Snapchat filter on Jennifer Hudson's face because it does in a few shots. You're kind of like, that's the best they could do. Yeah. Like it is a little, hmm. yeah. Um, but it does look, I just saw cats at Pantages and I saw it on Broadway a bunch of times. Not bragging guys at all. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I am. I'm excited. I want to see that. Um, all right. Uh, do you know when our show is? The Eskimo? I have it in my yes. phone. So the tell Eskimo everyone. sister show, I want to tell all of y'all that live in the LA area. I'm pretty sure this is the only like all female show that's consistently all female lineup in LA. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it's called the Eskimo Sisters because if you don't know what Eskimo Sisters, everybody keeps asking me this. I got to say it. Eskimo Sisters means 
that you fucked the same guy. And we didn't. It's a turn of phrase, people. <laughs> people think this is the truth. Like, I had a girl, I asked her to be on the show. She got mad at me. She's like, is this how you're trying to tell me? No. <laughs> hey, people don't know what that means. Like, people are legit asking yes. you. Oh, my God. But anyway... The Eskimo Sisters show is at the Sycamore Tavern, the Comedy Dojo, every last Wednesday of the month. So you can always find us there. It's a free show at 8.30. And Jacqueline Marfuji (laughs) is going to be on August 28th, the August show. I'm so excited. Right? I can't wait to see that lineup to see if there's any Eskimo Sisters of mine for real. Yeah, and that's the thing about it is that we call it that, but then... It actually ends up happening. You're like, oh, and some of my Eskimo sisters are actually. Because we're in comedy (laughs) and it's incestual. We keep it in the family. Um, Pimp yourself out. Tell the meatballs where they could find you and other stuff you have that's coming up. Okay, so you can find me on all the socials at Carlisle Forrester or Carlisle F Comedy on Twitter, though I'm not very active. And uh, please come out and support the Eskimo Sisters show the last Wednesday of every month at the Sycamore Tavern, the dojo of comedy upstairs. And what else do I want to promote? Um, If you live in the Brea area, August 23rd and 24th, I'll be opening for Theo Vaughn. That'll be fun. (gasps) Oh, my God. Luciana Gatica, who I run Fuck, Mary Kill with, she was telling me when I was away, she went to see Theo at the Hollywood Improv, and he got a fucking standing ovation. I was there, yeah. (gasps) I was there performing as Carlistal Forrester. (laughs) 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 Added a T into my name. I'm like... That that's just so isn't that the way it happens like first time I've ever performed at the Hollywood Improv on a Saturday night sold out I walk up there's a line around the block because of Theo not because of me people and I was just like oh my god this is crazy and then you get up there and you look at the list Carlistal Forrester god damn it (laughs) that's so no but it's great I mean that's like my I mean, you know. there's a joke there. You yeah. can take that. That's my story. So you're opening for Theo. I'm opening for Theo at the Brea Improv. If anybody wants to come out, I think there's still some tickets. I love the Brea Improv. Me too. It's That's so becoming awesome. one of my favorite clubs. It's brand spanking new. Yes. It's huge. The food's I good. I love the staff. The food's amazing. And the crowds are always great. They're really fun to play with. Like you yeah. can do a lot of good crowd work. They're and- ready to play. Yeah. They're ready to be made fun of, which I love. They come out ready to laugh. <laughs> Not like L.A. where it's just a bunch of people with their arms folded. Like, let's see if you're funny. Um, We didn't even get into you and I both have like awkward bartending jokes about like basic white girls. Yeah, we could trade that. But you should definitely check out um, Carlyle's material. They could just Google your name and see a lot of your jokes online. Yeah. Um, And also on YouTube. I have a lot of videos if you want to check out my material. I don't know. And how can people find you on SiriusXM? So it's You Up with Nikki Glazer is on every morning on Channel 95 Comedy Central Radio. Mm-hmm. And I am on it sporadically. So you'll just have to check my Insta. And I always advertise when I'm on there. But if you go to the podcast, the You Up podcast, mm-hmm. you can look and you can see who the guests are. I feel are. like you're the most so, frequent. Yes. Well, I'm the queen of Squirt Nation, Jackie. I don't know if you... Uh... That's so... I mean, what an honor. Everybody thinks that that means I'm some huge squirter, and it doesn't. It means that I'm a super fan of the show, and Squirt Nation is what we call the listenership. 
I love it. So I'm the queen of the listenership, a.k.a. I'm the super fan. So I'm the queen of Squirt Nation. Perfect. And now you're a queen of meatballs. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, if you're a casting director, again, DM Carlisle. <laughs> Check out that IMDb page. <laughs> or DM me, too. Um, thank you so much for being here. You're thank such a delight. You. And we need to hang out more. Yes. And I definitely want to have you back. Yes. Bow show. And Meatballs, thank you so much for listening. I love you. Um, please, please, please reach out. I'm also on Cameo. Some of you have been reaching out there. <gasps> me too. Oh, Ooh, there you let go. me plug that. Yeah, I plug just that. joined. She didn't leave, guys. She's still here. <laughs> She's still here. <laughs> cameo me. Yes, Cameo. It's so fun. I, I really like doing it because everyone writes like these cool requests like there was a lot of people recently who've been like my friend's gonna start doing comedy can you like send a video giving advice about comedy there was oh cool there was a band i think it's fort knox i probably got the name wrong um guys if you're listening i'm sorry i i will fix it in the episode notes they're like about to perform for the first time since 1983 and their manager wanted me to like wish them good luck for their performance like it's so random so yeah if It'll make you guys smile. I'm new to it. I don't know. Hit me up or however you do it. What's your cameo name? Is it just your first name? Carlisle Forrester. Perfect. I love it. Don't forget that silent S. (laughs) And no T. And no T. No T in the first name. Um, Yes, please reach out to me on Cameo. You can email me if you have any more questions for Carlisle or myself at whatsyourjerseypodcast at gmail.com. Also, please, please, please subscribe, rate, review, and don't forget to share with your friends because that's the best way to find out about podcasts um i love you i hope you have a great weekend and i'll catch you on the flip side bye just put your paws up because you were born this way